Man, it's really good to see all of you this morning. I see my mother going back to nursery. She's already having to be dealt with. Get her, nanny. (laughs) Bless him. (laughs) Bless him. Well, you look good this morning. I hope you're feeling well. In fact, if you're not feeling well, this is the perfect atmosphere in which uh, the not feeling well can go away and dissipate, and the feeling well should come upon you. So I just declare healing and health upon your life, and I declare prosperity upon your life, and uh, just believe for the goodness of God to manifest in the land of the living. And by the way, uh, you are the land of the living, and so the goodness of God is going to manifest in you. You carry His goodness everywhere you go. So God bless you this morning. For the next few minutes, I want to talk about this. Let there be light, and I'll subtitle this, Creation, the Christ, and the Calling. Creation, the Christ, and the Calling. In these unprecedented times, it is imperative for us as believers to understand where we are so we can better understand what our role is in liberating creation. I want to say that again. You need to hear what I'm saying. This, is a, this might be a real good, feel-good message, and it may not be. What it will be is an understanding of our assignment. It is our assignment to liberate creation. That's our assignment. Jesus came that he might undo the curse that came upon mankind as a result of sin and fall. And yet, his work is finished, but our work is not yet finished. Amen? Amen. So our job, Jesus' job was win the victory. Our job is to administer that victory in every place where we go. That is our job. That is our calling. It's our high calling. It's a responsibility. It's a duty, but it's also a privilege. Uh, This is not a political statement. We ain't going to go there today, but we've been exposed to worldwide chaos for nearly a year. I'm not going to offer today a political opinion as I believe politics will not solve the issues that we are facing now as a human family. And we must understand that we are one human family. The idea of politics, and I understand what the word means, it's, it's for the people, of the, I get that. But the idea of politics has long divided people. And we, and we draw our line in the sand and we're either on this side or on that side. And that honestly plays into the hand of the enemy that, that wants to divide and conquer. But Jesus came to erase every line that we could draw. Cultural lines, let's erase them. Political lines, let's erase them. Racial lines, let's erase them. Because we are one human family. The Bible says we are one bread and one body. And it doesn't matter what the color of your skin is. And it doesn't matter if you wear an R or a D or an I after your name. We are one human family. We are the body of Christ. And we are first citizens and I hope ambassadors of his kingdom before we are some affiliated with a political party. And I hope you voted, and I'm, I know in this place we have all across the spectrum. That's not what I want to talk about this morning because as long as that's our focus, he's not our focus. But as long as he's our focus, this ain't our focus. And when he's our focus, we can bring about the change and realize the change that we want to see in our world. If we're going to see thy kingdom come and thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven, we're going to have to stop identifying more with a political party than we do with our true nature, which is sons and daughters of God. Politics has never established order out of chaos. In fact, in many ways, it's quite the opposite. Order can be established in chaos only by the Spirit of God, and I will give you the precedent for it. Today I want to talk about let there be light. If there has ever been a time in the world where we need light, it's right now. Providentially, that is exactly what our mandate is. We are to be salt and light. You know in Matthew, we're called to be salt and light. Only God can bring order from chaos. Only God can speak into utter darkness and command light and change everything. And He did and He is and He will. God. 
Genesis chapter 1, I want to read this morning from the Amplified Bible. If you have the King James, if you've got the Passion, the Message, I'm for all of them. I'm for all of them. But this morning I want to read specifically from the Amplified Bible. Genesis chapter 1. The Genesis means the beginnings, the beginnings. In the beginning, God, which is Elohim, created by forming from nothing the heavens and the earth. And the earth was formless and void or a waste and emptiness. The Hebrew text here uh, is it, formless and void. It's two rhyming words. It's tohu and bohu. It sounds like twins. What's your twin boys' names? Tohu and bohu. What does that mean? Without form and void. Tohu and bohu, which have similar meanings, wasteness and emptiness. The earth was was, was a wasteland full of emptiness. It was a dark construct of nothingness and chaos and disorder. There was dysfunction and disorder. It was just a blob of nothingness. It reminds me of where we live in 2021. If you look around, it can almost seem like we have lived in this utter chaos. And it doesn't matter what side. I'm not talking about just politics. I'm talking about where we are in the world, where we are emotionally, where we have been spiritually, and where all of us have been plundered into uh, physically and some of us even financially. Utter chaos. Tohu and bohu, which means wasteness and emptiness. The construction is a figure of speech called hendiatis, which is two words which are used together to express the same idea. The earth had no clearly discernible features at this point in creation, but essentially it was just a mass of raw materials. This proves to be very important from philosophical and scientific viewpoints because it documents the fact that the raw matter of the earth, and by extension of the whole universe, did not coexist eternally with God, but it was created ex nihilo, or Latin, out of nothing. God didn't take a form of matter and mass and create. It was just Him in the beginning. All that existed in the beginning. It's hard for us with our finite minds to understand what beginning is. Because most of us have this perception. Eternity is a straight line as far back as we can imagine. And, 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 and a straight line as far into the future as we can imagine. That's what we think eternity is. But eternity is not like that at all. Eternity is more like a circle. With no beginning and no ending. And inside of that circle, inside of Elohim, inside of the Logos, inside of the Holy Spirit, which all coexisted together in the beginning, was just God. He is all that there was, and everything that would come to be existed only with inside of Him. It was all in Him. God is not in time. Time existed inside of God. God is not in the universe. The universe exists inside of Him. Oh, man. God is not in light. Light is inside of Him. But He didn't want light just to stay inside of Him. So He's going to say the first words that we ever have that were uttered by the voice of God in just a few scriptures down. He's going to say, let there be light. Or really more, more properly said, light be. That's what He said. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was moving or hovering or brooding over the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. That's what I'm going to talk to you about this morning. Because it's a, it's, an, it's a voice that was spoken then, but it's an echo that's being heard in 2021. If you listen closely, you can hear an echo in the midst of chaos and utter dismay. The Lord's echo, His voice, because once He speaks, it lasts forever. It is, let there be light. Can you see the circle spoken into chaos? Let there, I'm preaching before I've gotten to my point. Let there be light. 
And God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good and pleasing and useful. And he affirmed it and sustained it. He will always affirm and sustain his word. And God separated the light, distinguishing it from the darkness. And God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. And God said, let there be an expanse, or in the King James, a firmament, in the midst of the waters, and let it separate the waters below the expanse from the waters above the expanse and God made the expanse of sky and separated the waters which were under the expanse from the waters which are above the expanse and it was so just as he had commanded and God called the expanse of sky the heavens and there was evening and there was morning a second day my God I wish I could give you all this revelation. I mean, I just wish I could, but I don't have time today. And then God said, let the waters below the heavens be gathered into one place, one place of standing, of pooling together, and let the dry land appear. And it was so. And God called the dry land earth, and the gathering of the waters he called seas. And God saw that it was good and pleasing and useful, and he affirmed it and sustained it, because whatever he speaks, he will affirm it, and he will sustain it. It ain't your job to affirm God's word it ain't your job to sustain God's word if God spoke it he'll affirm it and if God says it he'll sustain it good God almighty so God said let the earth sprout tender vegetation plants yielding seed and fruit trees bearing fruit according to or limited to or consistent with their kind whose seed is in them upon the earth I love that it's the King James is the most beautiful rendering it says whose seed is in itself it's the picture of the creator because God existed all by himself but his seed was in himself but his seed wasn't going to stay in himself his seed was going to be spoken and planted in to the womb of the barren earth. And the earth sprouted and abundantly produced vegetation, plants yielding seed according to their kind, and trees bearing fruit with seed in them according to their kind. And God saw that it was good, and he affirmed it. Somebody say with me. He affirmed it, and he sustained it. And there was evening and morning the third day. Oh, my God, you telling me the seed came forth on the third day? Yes, it did, and yes, it did. Then God said, let there be light bearers. Oh, my God, I'm going to jump off this stage. Let there be light bearers, the sun, the moon, and the stars, in the expanse of the heavens to separate the day from the night, and let them be useful for signs or tokens of God's provident care and for marking seasons, days, and years. And let seasons, days, and years. And let them be useful as lights in the expanse of the heavens to provide light on the earth. And it was so just as he commanded. God made the two great lights, the greater light, the sun, to rule the day, and the lesser light, the moon, to rule the night. He made the galaxies of stars, that is, of all the amazing wonders in the heavens. And God placed them in the heavens, the expanse of the heavens, to provide light upon the earth, to rule over the day and to rule over the night. Wait a minute, God put light to rule over the day, and he's got light that rules over the night? Think so. And to separate the light from the darkness, and God saw that it was good, and he affirmed it, and he sustained it. And there was evening... And there was morning the fourth day. So in the beginning, in the midst of utter chaos and darkness, God moved and God spoke. In the beginning, 
in the midst of darkness, in the midst of chaos, in the, in the midst of, of, the, of the twin boys, chaos and, and emptiness and utter void, God moves and God speaks. God moves and God speaks. God moved is somewhat of a diluted statement because he didn't just move, he brooded. That's the word. That's your Hebrew word. It's, it's not moved, it's brooded. And it's, 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 it's rawkoff. That's the, that's the Hebrew pronunciation. Rawkoff, and it means this. To brood, to be relaxed or to rest, to flutter, to move, or to shake. I'm going to tell you something right now. In 2021, and especially this morning, there's a whole lot of shaking going on. I preached a few weeks ago that everything that could be shaken would be shaken. It, the kingdoms of the earth are being shaken, and the things that are in the heavens that need to be shaken. Everything will be shaken until what? Until you're unshakable. How long the shaking takes place until you become unshakable, unmovable, like a tree planted by the rivers of waters. God was in birthing position. Listen, it gets better. This don't even get worse. If you have that perception, you need to, you need to have a demon cast out of you. God was in birthing position. He was about to give birth and what was going to be born of God? Light. You see, light is not some abstract matter that existed outside of God. You've heard me say before, light existed completely and wholly in the womb of God. In fact, if you wanted to, if, if you think about this, in the midst of utter chaos is always a place and an opportunity for God to birth His own image. It was so in creation, it was so in Christ, and it is so in your calling. That in the midst of darkness and utter chaos, the Father is looking and sees an opportune time to birth His image and His likeness. And evening and morning were the first days, just in case you've grown weary in the night season. God don't count the way we count. God don't get up in the morning. And then morning and night equals one day. God's day starts in the night. So you can be sure if you're in a night season, if you've been in a dark season, if you've been groping your way through and you can't see, it's the evening and the morning that equals one day. God always overcomes darkness with light. Thrusting himself, or better understood, darkness and chaos is the birthing ground God uses to manifest his creation. This is the creator. Now, John chapter 1. John chapter 1 is a parallel, is a parallel understanding of creation. But not, we read about Elohim. Or we read about Father God in the beginning. In Genesis. In the book of beginnings. The Genesis. But if we go to John 1, we're going to read the same thing. The book of the beginning. But now we're going to see the Logos of God. Which is, which is his mind. Which is his, which is his image. And John chapter 1 says this. In the beginning was the word. You've heard me say before, Genesis says, in the beginning God created. And John 1 says, in the beginning was the Word. So it would be okay to say, in the beginning with the Word God created. In the beginning was the Word. And the Greek is Logos, which has a rich and varied background in both Greek philosophy and Judaism. The Greeks equated Logos with the highest principle of cosmic order. God's Logos in the Old Testament is His powerful self-expression in creation, revelation, and redemption. In the New Testament, we have this new unique view of God given to us by John, which signifies the presence of God Himself in the flesh. Some have translated this rich term as word. In the beginning was the word. It could also be translated message or blueprint. So it would be okay to say, in the beginning was the blueprint. 
Not what I want to preach this morning, but it's kind of interesting. Jesus Christ is the eternal word, the creative word, and the word made visible or the word made flesh. He is the divine self-expression. Listen, he's the divine self-expression of all that God is, all that God contains, and reveals in incarnated flesh. Just as we express ourselves in words, God has perfectly expressed himself in Jesus Christ. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made, by, were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. In Him was life, and what was the life? In Him, remember, in Him, in Him. Go back to the beginning. In Him, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was formless and void. And God spoke and said, let there be. In Him was, and that light would become the God Almighty. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in darkness, and the darkness, the Bible, King James says, could not comprehend it. But really what it means is the darkness was completely and utterly overcome by it. It could not contain the light, the light because anytime there's a manifestation of light, darkness cannot coexist with light. If this, if this room were 100% blacked out and dark, you could light one single match, and a match this big would overcome the darkness of this entire room. Because darkness is not a thing. Darkness is the absence of a thing. Darkness is not matter. Darkness is not a mass. It's not a matter. It's not a created thing. Darkness is simply the absence of a thing. And so when we look back in the beginning and we see darkness, it was the absence of what God was going to manifest from his own bosom into the earth. When we go to John, we had lived four, five, six, however many thousand years from Adam, and all of earth had lived in darkness because darkness could not comprehend, could not contain this light that was going to be manifested. And so God decided to thrust his son into the earth, and in him was the light of all things. And, 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 and once again, darkness was overcome by light. Now here we are in 2021. And the question that begs uh, to be answered is, where in the world is the manifestation of light? There's an old song my dad used to sing. I don't like it now, but I understand. It's, we're getting used to the dark. Remember that song? We're getting used to the dark. We're not trying to change hearts. We're not trying to change. We're just getting used to the dark. Do you remember the song? You probably would. It was the McCamies. There aren't a whole lot of people in here that probably heard of them. At least God, I hope not. And God bless the McCamies. They are what they are. But, you know, yeah. there's talent and there's anointing. Let's just say they had anointing. <laughs> Getting used to the dark. God manifested light in the beginning from his mouth. He manifested light in John chapter 1 in his son. And now he's looking in 2021 for a people that will not just answer the cry of father, but answer the cry of creation. And what is birth when the cry of the father meets the cry of creation are sons and daughters of God who say, yes, we will become the light in this dark world. And the light shines in darkness and the darkness did not comprehend it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The Baptist. This man came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all through him might believe. He was not that light, but he was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light which gives light to. Now, what's that strange word? It's verse 9, it's in John, and this is the King James. 
He was not that light, but he was sent to bear witness of the light. That was the true light, which gives light to every man that comes into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came unto his own, and his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become the children of God, to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. <coughs> and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness of Him and cried out, saying, This is He of whom I said, He who comes after me is preferred before me, for He was before me. And of His fullness have all we received, and grace for grace. Daddy preached a message to Daddy. I just called him Daddy. I'm 43. My dad preached a message years ago, grace for grace. If you look up the definition of grace, there's a couple you can find. One of them is unmerited favor, and another one is divine enabling. And what he preached was, he gives us unmerited favor for divine enabling. You should go back and get the tape, as he used to say. You probably don't have a tape player. But Rebecca did a good job of making everything into DVDs and probably on Facebook or YouTube somewhere. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth. There's a, there's a contrast, and I can go into it right now. But, but grace and truth didn't come through Moses. The law came through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God at any time. It's so funny that he says that because Moses stood and talked to God face to face. But anyways, no one has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son who is in the bosom of the Father has declared him. It's the end of my scripture reading for today. Again, in a time of utter chaos, God manifests his image. His light shines. I have established throughout the ages in creation and in Christ, God's answer to darkness and chaos. What's his answer to darkness and chaos? What is God's answer to darkness and chaos? Let there be yes. Now we face another dark time. If you don't think we're in a dark time, then that's okay. Uh, pull out your phone and play bubble pop. The rest of us live in reality and we are in a dark time. Or whatever the game is. I know there's more. But, but is that even a game anymore? What's the, what's the game with all the... Uh, Candy Crush, that's the one. Pull out your phone and play Candy Crush. Those of us that live in reality, we understand if you look around, if you're in any way discerning, you understand this is a dark time. And yet, I love the scripture that says about Esther, uh, when, when her cousin really, but we think uncle, was talking to her, he said, what if God has preserved you for a time such as this? What if you've been preserved and kept? What if, what if time didn't happen to you? What everything going around the chaos is not something that's been imposed upon you, but God knew the chaos was going to come and said, I'm going to send my light. I sent my son uh, light in the garden. I bore my image in my son. And now in 2021, I'm going to send my image bearers into the earth. What if, what if God waited until 2021 to have you understand who you are and manifest his light? What if I took off the words what if and said you are the answer to the cries of your generation. You are the answer to the darkness that is around. It's, it's, it is that simple. 
We've been living in it, and it didn't come by choosing. It was imposed upon us, this darkness. And yet, instead of becoming a part of the chicken little crowd crying, the sky is falling. You know the movie, The Chicken Little? He's funny. I don't know. His body's this big and his head's this big. I know a lot of preachers like that. But anyways, um, and, and <laughs> I don't mean that physically. I don't mean that physically. But, but, but there's, the sky is falling, the sky is falling, it's the end of the world, it's the end of the world, it's the end of the world, it might be the end of the world as you know it, but it's not the end of the world. Not the end of the world. We, the true sons and daughters of Elohim, hear clearly the calling. It was told by Jesus in Matthew chapter 5. Now we talked about the light in creation, the light in the Christ. Now I want to talk about the light in you and the calling to light. Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5. Verse 13. These, by the way, these are the red words. You know, if you, if you got one of those old Bibles, if you turn over to, and you find words written in red, it means it came out of the mouth of Jesus. It means you probably aren't going to be really good at arguing against these words. We are wonderful arguers and we like to persuade ourselves somehow to say, well, that's not exactly what it means. But the Prophet Smith said years ago, this is the red word. Deal with it. The red word, deal with it. This is with the red word. Let me tell you why you are here. You are to be salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of this earth. This is the message translated. I love it. You are to be the salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of the earth. If you lose your saltiness, when we first got this building, there was a sign right there that said, say salty. Remember that? Be salty. Be salty, that's right. Be salty. We took it down because we had too many salty people at the time. Like, y'all salty about everything. But, <laughs> oh, oh, wow. It did. It, it literally said be salty. In fact, I think there was one out there on the front door, too. It said be salty. And I liked it. I'm like, yeah, we're the salt line. The more I thought about it, I'm like, man, they're listening to it because they come in. They're salty about everything. Salty about the wrong song being played. Salty about it's too loud. Salty about I didn't like that song. Salty about he took too long. Salty about everything. I'm like, scratch that. It's salty off the wall. You're called to be salty. <laughs> this is your only chance to laugh today. I'm not trying to be funny today. So you better take your chance. It, you are here to be salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of this earth. If you lose your saltiness, how will people taste godliness? You've lost your youth, usefulness and will end up in the garbage. Here's another way to put it. You are here to be light. Bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this. As public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm going to put you on a light stand. Now that I've put you there on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine. Now that I put you on the hilltop, on the light stand, shine. What is he calling in 2021? What's he waiting for? We're waiting for God to do something. God's waiting for us to do something. Most of us say, God, if you'll do it, I'll believe it. And God says, if you'll just believe it, I'll do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that is good. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God. This is gener just generous, generous Father in heaven. And this is the calling. I'm almost finished. You get out. You really will get out early today. And every time I say that, God makes me go about 27 more minutes. I'm gonna tell you what a miracle happened last week, though. I got done with what God did last week in the prophetic, and I went home. And I decided to lay down since I, 
I don't know what it is about Saturday nights. I only sleep about two or three hours. It was the same last night. And uh, I was laying at rest and at peace. And I was awakened by a beautiful fragrance. Rose up from my house all the way upstairs. The fragrance, fragrance got to my nostrils and I said, this is Logan's Rolls. It was as if my body lifted itself out of the bed and floated down the stairs into the kitchen. And I heard from the microwave a sound. And I walked over to the microwave. And I said, Jesus, is that you? Because he is the bread of life. And I opened the microwave. And there before me was a dozen a dozen Logan's Rolls, complete with butter and cinnamon butter. I toss the cinnamon butter out because I don't know why you would ruin a roll with some cinnamon. I agree, I agree. But this man right here was, <laughs> was used by God to bring a dozen, and I didn't even know. And happened while I was at rest and at sleep. And God, if you can't speak in tongues over that, you're dead. I mean, that's what I... That's what I did in my, I don't have it like some of y'all, but I can get a jig if I have to. You bring me a Logan draw and watch me cut a rug. It was good. Oh, it was good. And then I got a text after I saw the beautiful dozen Logan's rolls, and I said, man, you don't know what this means to me, or something like that. And Rich said, did you get both dozen? And I said, the devil is a lie. And I mean, I went after every one of my kids, and about 20 minutes later, he said, just kidding, there's just one dozen. There's about to be a murder at Stony Point. I got, I got four sons. I can afford to lose one or two. The bunt name's going to go on even if one of them perishes by the way. Rich brought me a dozen rows. Why are you telling us that? Because God's going to speak to you today. I believe it. He's going to speak to you. Go thou to the land of Logan's and purchase for thine pastor. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Anyways. <laughs> But God, those rolls were good. If you ever open one up, you cut it with, I just need to go off on here because this is where I feel the spirit right now. You cut it open and you take a knife and dip it in the butter and put it in the middle of the roll, then close the roll and let the heat from the roll melt the butter and you put that in your mouth. Oh my God, it's, it's manna from heaven. I truly believe it's like manna from heaven. Speaking of which, since some of you may not know this, do you know that manna from heaven was like honey-like tasting wafers that God gave? I love this. This is original to me, but I heard Lynn Howell say, and I've used it ever since, and it's true. Literally, God had angels bring the church in Israel crispy cream, hot and ready crispy cream donuts every single morning. And they complained about it. Bunch of heathens from hell. How in the world you complain about hot and ready donuts delivered by angels in the morning? Don't say blessing, because I'm right on this one. I am right. Only thing better than that, have you ever had Brits donuts? Go to Carolina Beach sometime. Have you ever seen the Tom and Jerry one when they smell the food and Jerry just floats? That's what I felt like I did last week. I speak things that be not as though they were. Let Logan's come to my house today in Jesus' name. I'm just <laughs> Bless your heart. <laughs> this is our calling. I'm almost finished. In chaos.
in chaos and darkness. God is always setting the stage for his image and likeness to be birthed. Light was born from the bosom of God. God didn't take some abstract matter and make light. When he said, let there be light, here's what happened. He said, light, and he pulled it up out of his womb. He was brooding, remember. He was in birthing position over the, over the earth. And when he said, let there be light, he literally birthed from within himself what came out of his mouth. And you better be careful because since you're made in his image and after his likeness, what comes out of your mouth might be something that you're birthing into your reality. You mean my words have power? According to the scripture, the Bible says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. You might want to watch what you're saying. If you're always walking around complaining, talking, I mean, the Lord has rebuked me over it, son. You know, you have more power in your throat, in your, in your tongue than you think you have. The Bible says, by, With his word the worlds were framed, and by your words your world is framed. So if you look around and everything is bad and depressed and sad and everything else, you better watch what's coming out of your mouth. You have the opportunity, the ability, and the duty to transform creation by what comes out of your mouth. You're a creator just like he is. That's the calling. In chaos, God is setting the stage for his image and likeness to be brought forth. It was so in creation. It was so in the only beloved or the only begotten Son of God in Christ, and it is so in those who are called according to his purpose. This is the cry of the Father and the cry of creation. It's 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 all creation groans and travails and waits for what? For the showing forth or the glowing forth, the manifestation of the sons of God. God is waiting for light to be manifested, and the earth is waiting for light to be manifested. And when the call of the Father meets the call of the earth, it, guess what appears? You appear. You are the answer to the cries of your generation. So in the midst of darkness, let there be light. In the midst of chaos, let there be light. In the midst of confusion, let there be light. In the midst of turmoil, let there be light. In the midst of calamity, let there be light. In the midst of void, let there be light. In the midst of pain, let the my God, is somebody going to help me? In the midst of heartache, let there be light. In the midst of discouragement, let there be light. In the middle of a dark storm, let there be light. In the middle of your trials, let there be light. If you're laying in a dead, cold tomb, let there be light. And if you're waiting to be birthed from a womb, let there be light. No matter where you are, I hear the voice of the Father and the cry of creation. Let there be light. That's the cry. Listen. You are what happens when the calling of the Father meets the cry of creation. Oh, I've seen it, and you've seen it too. And God bless people and their poor eschatology and their ignorant understanding of Scripture. It is not for us to look to the sky. I've, I've seen it more than once. Lord Jesus, come. You know, look at what's happened to the, the world in this pandemic. And people have lost their jobs and business. People have gotten sick. People have lost their lives. This is a real deal. Lord Jesus, come. L Lord, come. God, would you come? God, would you come? And if you'd look around, you would find out that every time somebody has said, Lord, would you come? He already has come. What they mean is, come Lord Jesus, in the same way that John wrote in the book of Revelation. But what they don't understand is, come Lord Jesus ain't going to happen by observation. You, you want to watch come Lord Jesus? You want to watch the Holy Spirit come? Watch this. 
That's how the Spirit comes. You mean, you mean he's not going to split the eastern sky? Well, yes, he is. That's the scripture. But you don't understand what that scripture actually means. And I don't have time to teach it to you today. If you want to know, I'll teach you. But it doesn't mean you're going to look up to the clouds in the middle of a pandemic and a six-foot Jew is going to say, here I am. I'm going to rescue you and the rest of them get to go to hell for a long time. No, that's not what it is. The, the, the manifestation of light in you is what's going to save this place from the chaos and the pandemic and everything else. It is the manifestation of God. It is Christ in you, the hope of glory. It's not Christ out there, and it's not God coming upon us. It's not a heebie-jeebie, and it ain't a worship song. It's Christ in you. It's Christ, the anointed one and his anointing in you. It's the Holy Spirit manifesting in his people that is the hope of glory. It's the hope, it's Father's hope for glory, and it's the hope of the earth for glory. And it doesn't happen if you don't manifest it. So how can we do this? My wife said to me, she's so sweet. I love the way she talks to me. But she's very sweet. She she says, I love this so good, but um, how can you make this practical? (laughs) It's good and it's super spiritual, but how can you make it practical? So here's how I can, husbands, go home and love your wife well. What? Yeah. Wives, go home and love your husband well. What if I don't have one? Do you have children? Go home and love your children well. What if I don't have any of that? Well, go about and do good and heal all that are oppressed of the devil. That's what Jesus did. And Jesus wasn't married either. Not that time. He is now. Hello, bride of Christ. Stop judging your brothers and sisters after the flesh. That's one of our worst problems. We judge each other after the flesh and not after the spirit. And when we judge after the flesh and not after the spirit, we reap that in the flesh. And we wonder why spiritually we might as well be dead because we got nothing going on. And that's why we cry ignorant things like, Lord Jesus, come rescue me. No, no, no. I sent you there to rescue. It's your job to do the rescuing. Remember who I gave dominion to? Who did God give dominion to? Find a scripture and, and bring it to me and read it to me where it says, and the, the Lord decided to take back dominion. Or better yet, this is a worse one. Find the scripture that says the enemy has dominion. You won't find it. For those of you that are like, hmm, interesting. Just flip it through your skin, like, I'm going to find it. By God, it's in there somewhere. It's not in there. It ain't in there. He might be the God of this world, but he ain't the God of my world. And you might want to look up what that world, wor- that word world is. If you read, I mean, this is, this is crazy. Everybody knows Psalm 23, right? You know, the Lord is my shepherd. Do me, do me a favor when you get home and take that page, dip your finger, and flip it over to Psalm 24. I'm going to quote it for you. You want to hear it? The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The world and they that, we used to quote it this way. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof and they that dwell therein. But it doesn't say that. We skip the world part. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The world and they that dwell therein. I am a part of his world. The God of this world might be the God of this, but he ain't the God of my world. And he don't have to be the God of your world. In fact, I would dare say that any believer and it doesn't matter what your knowledge is. It matters what, if your believer button works or not. Is more powerful than any devil or demon in hell. And you have within your mouth 
the ability to transform culture and transform creation. Because just as God spoke, let there be light, and light came out of his bosom, you have within you innately the ability to manifest light in the dark world where you live. In fact, the, the world where I live in ain't dark. I'm a light, man. Everywhere I walk, guess what? Darkness runs from me. Darkness is terrified of me and dark, because darkness is not a thing. It's the absence of a thing. And so in the midst of chaos, in the midst of utter void, what's God waiting for? Let there be light. It happened in creation. It happened in the Christ. And he's waiting for it because it's your calling. Now that was simple enough, wasn't it? This is what's going to change the pandemic. This is what's going to change the political upheaval. Do you actually think that, that the powers that be, whatever they are, and I don't care what your political uh, persuasion is, that really doesn't matter to me. What matters is, can some, uh, Cam and I had this conversation last week, and I'm not going to give all of our conversation, but we talked about, e even in government, that really you're probably more affected by what happens in your local government than in the, the big scheme of things. Did you know that? There's more that happens with those that run the local government that probably will affect you personally than what happens in the, big, in the big scheme of things. Well, it's the same thing in your world. Maybe God hasn't called you to go into all the world and visit every nation. Maybe your world is where you go to work every day. Jason, maybe your work is where you're building your next building. Or Barbie, well, when you were in the school system, and maybe you still do stuff there, your world is the school system. You know, you, you know Elizabeth, your world is... is I won't give the address, but you know, Miracle Farm Road. Wouldn't, wouldn't it be just like God to put my family on a road called Miracle Farm? We're, we're sowing miracle seeds, and we live on a miracle farm, and I'm expecting a miracle harvest. I can tell you, I know where some of your world is, because I had some of that sauce this past week, and it blew my mind. I'm going to say it out loud, because it's going to trip some people up, because, you know, people still have things. But that vodka sauce is banging. Vodka sp spaghetti sauce? I had two and a half plates full of it. I paid for it later, but it was good when it was going in. <laughs> Sometimes Elizabeth does this. If I want to, we need to get when we get our cameras in here. We're gonna get one camera just on her because, you know, if you ever watched the show like The Office, and somebody says something, but then they pan to the re to the reaction of other people, and like, sometimes when I preach, Elizabeth just goes. <laughs> it's funny because I'm the only one that gets to see it because she sits up front, but it's funny. You are the answer to the cry of your generation. You are the light that's going to shine in darkness. Here's how you can do it. Love your family well. Do all things that you do unto the Lord. L love your family well. Love your friends well. Speak highly of people. Be, 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 be quick, slow to wrath and quick to forgive. Love well. Keep no records of wrong. Here's what, I'll, say, I'll tell you the way Kelly Varner said it. Kelly Varner is one of the most prolific prophets that ever spoke in our church. And he said this, if you want to live your life in perfect peace, I can tell you how to do it. Forgive everybody of everything all the time. I was, whoa, man, that's crazy. I don't know if I can do that. Well, that's why you don't live in peace. Forgive everybody of everything all the time. Forgive everybody of everything all the time. And you'll live in perfect peace. William, give me some really pretty music on the keys. Uh, Eli's here this week. That's fine. E William, you just got it. William was playing, uh, I mean, Eli was playing baseball last week. So I had William play. Isn't it great to have musicians all over the place? William's still practicing on guitar. Y'all pray for him. He needs, he needs prayer and intercession.
I'm going to read my last. I'm going to read my last line to you. I believe that. I truly believe. I truly believe. That the church. Well, first of all, I'm going to tell you this. God's not done with the church. And I've, and I've watched people, especially over the course of the past year, talk about, I had to leave church to find God. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Most people that left church to find God, they didn't leave church to find God. They left church because they got offended or they, were, or they caused an offense. And they can't come back because it, they would be embarrassed, although they shouldn't be. It's not the reality. God lives in His church. In fact, the church is the bride of Christ. I'd be real careful about how I talk about the church. Do I believe that you have to come to a building? No. But I do believe this is God's calling, and this will not be done away with. I also believe in meeting together and breaking bread at tables. I understand, believe me, probably better than you think I do. I understand who the church is and what the church is. But th there is power in this. There's power in this. But I, wanna, I just believe as I, as I speak these next words, I, I, I just believe with all my heart that, that we are the prototype for what all creation could be. If we don't get it fixed in here, how in the world? I mean, I used to love it. They used to say, God, we just buy, we, 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 we just, we ask you for the nations. And Lord, like, I'll give you the nations, but your house is going to hell. You want to go win the nations, but your, but your own home. You don't have your home in order. Not that he doesn't want to give us the nations. He told us to ask for the nations. And I believe for that. But we, all, but we do things backwards. We want the big thing first. And the Lord's like, no, actually the big thing is, is your heart right? Do you love your wife well? Do you love your children well? Do you do all that you do to the glory of God? That's the way the nations are won. It's not by superstar preachers going over there and preaching to 40 and 50,000 people. There's something to be said for a man or a woman that raises their children in the nurture, as the Bible says, in the admonition of the Holy Spirit. It, it raises them up. The Bible says train up, not train, but train up a child in the way that they should go. And when they're old, they'll not depart from it train up a child do you love your children well do you love your parents well are you easily offended I said last week and I probably will say it until the, name, the most easily offended people are easy to identify because they're the most immature people in the world and what's sad about it is most people who are easily offended are very insecure and that's why they're easily offended which is to say they have an identity crisis if, you, if you're secure with who God is and with who you are, you just don't really get offended that much. And if you understand the way people work and the way their minds work, even when they say stuff, you understand this is, not, this is something that has happened to them. They don't know how to process it. This is their way of processing things. And so you pray for them and say, God, whenever, whenever you want to fix them, fix them. I'll do whatever I can do to bless them and help them, but it ain't my job. It ain't my job to fix people. You don't, probably don't hear that from most pastors, but it's not my job to fix people. It's my job to declare the Word of God. It's my job to help lead you. But as they said, you can lead a horse to water. You can't make them drink. You can't if they're thirsty enough. So I've learned a long time ago, I'll just let you get thirsty enough. I don't have to come find you. You'll come find water for yourself. This is how creation is going to change. Forgive everybody of everything all the time. Love well. I'm going to read this last thing, and then we'll let you go home. Let there be light. In the midst of darkness, let there be light. In the midst of chaos, and we're experiencing that, let there be light. In the midst of confusion, let there be light. In the midst of turmoil, let there be light. In the midst of calamity, let there be light. In the, that was good. Do that again. 
In the midst of void, let there be light. In the midst of pain. Let the, I'm not just reading it. I'm prophesying. I just want to do it softly so you don't think I have to yell it to get my point across. In the midst of heartache, let there be light. In the midst of discouragement, let there be light. In the midst of the dark storm, let there be light. In the midst of trials, let there be light. This is the cry. You are what happens when the calling of the Father meets the cry of creation. Let there be light. Let's all stand. Let's all stand. Creation, the Christ, and the calling. Lord, we thank you that you operate and work by pattern. And once you establish a pattern, you follow that pattern. We can clearly see in Genesis that when things were chaotic and the earth was without form and void, you brooded over that. Anytime that we come to a place of chaos and utter darkness, we can be rest assured that you are brooding over, that you are in birthing position, waiting to give birth once again into the dark, void chaos of our lives. We flip over to the, to the New Testament, to St. John, and we read that, that Jesus was the light and, and that he came and, and, and that light was the life of men. That he shined in darkness and the darkness could not contain him. And we fast forward to 33 and a half years and see that light inside a darkened tomb. And that tomb could no longer contain the light that was within him. And he burst forth and the stone was rolled away and he came forth and lives forevermore. And he sits at the right hand of the, of the throne on high. We thank you for that. Uh, but Lord Jesus, in 2021, we're waiting. Maybe better yet a way to say is we're expecting. And we're hearing a calling of the Father. And we hear the cry of creation. And we stand up and say, it is our duty, our responsibility, and our good pleasure to be the light in our dark world. To be the, to, to be the light thrust into chaos. That we'll no longer look for light to come upon us, but we'll allow the light that is within us to shine. And to, it, Because if enough of the light inside of every one of us shines, we'll light up every dark corner of the earth. That no longer we will pray thy kingdom come and seek a kingdom coming from the sky. But we will understand thy kingdom come happens when we show up. In no way, shape, or form, Lord, do I want to demean or belittle the chaos that we've all lived in. I know that the pandemic is real. And I know that this sickness is real. And I know that this, the political upheaval has been real. And we've all felt it. We've all been exposed to it. And yet, I'll say along with Paul that I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not even worthy to be compared with the glory, the light, the glory, the light that shall be revealed in us. So today, Father, we say yes. To the calling and we say yes to the cry and we believe that the light that comes from us that you will affirm it and you will sustain it in Jesus name and everybody said amen amen let's bless Jesus in this place I, I just man I love all of you I appreciate you guys coming out and bearing with me um, let's do this again next week bring a couple of people okay God bless you we'll see you next Sunday